to follow along with us, go to the breadcrumbministries.com website and click on the Rhodes Devotional tab. There you will find your daily Bible verse, a link to the Bible verses themselves, and the Rhodes format. You can follow along with us for free. You can also purchase your very own Rhodes devotional from our website to follow along from anywhere or buy one for a friend. Today is January 8th and the readings are Genesis 21, 1 through 3, chapters 22, verse 15 through 18, and Luke chapter 8, verses 19 through 25. We read that the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. This is the same promise God made to Abram, now called Abraham, that we read about earlier this week. Their son Isaac is born. Making this miracle even more meaningful, God reminds Abraham it is exactly the time promised him too. In Genesis 18, the two had been visited by three visitors who looked like men. He offered to wash their feet and they prepared a meal to share with them. Yet at least three times, Abraham addresses one of the men as Lord. Jehovah in Hebrew means the existing one, the eternal, and is the proper name for the one true God. The other form Abraham used is my Lord, Lord, and is a title spoken in place of Yahweh in Jewish display of reverence. Many scholars believe this passage shows that Abraham and Sarah were visited by Jesus Christ prior to his birth in earthly ministry. What I really like about this passage is how Sarah was placed before her husband. God reassures his promise to the woman first, treating her gently as the mother of Isaac, making her equally important as an heir together for this promise as the announcement reads of his birth. Many people have preconceived ideas about God being sexist, but here we see God's kindness in the structure of words. Just a decade or so later in Genesis 22, we find that Abraham is being tested. There is evidence that Abram was surrounded by pagan religions who sacrificed their children to the gods. He had been willing to sacrifice his son Isaac, but God did not ask him to actually go through with it, proving himself separate from cultural beliefs from all other gods. Because of his obedience, God once again confirms his promises to bless Abraham and all nations through his offspring, as he draws from the vision they shared many years ago, where Abram would attempt to count the stars. This scripture contains some of the toughest theology to swallow. Yet Christians see the parallel when God offered up his own son as the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. Instead of passing off an impossible burden to mere men, God satisfied his own demands. We can take comfort that Jesus considers us close family. In Luke we read his mother Mary and his brothers had come to see him but could not get through the crowds. When people tried to tell Jesus that his family was outside, he replied that all who hear his words and put what he says into practice have an equal place in his heart. We are his mothers and brothers. On its own, Jesus' words could be taken as disrespectful and bad-mannered, but we must remember who Jesus is. He displayed his authority and power over much of the natural world, with thousands who witnessed him. In this story, a squall had raged on the waters, and his disciples feared their death. If you think little of a squall, these types of storms come out of nowhere and can bring pitch-black skies, several feet high seas, and gusts to 45 miles per hour while it floods boats, causing them to capsize. The disciples woke Jesus, who had been sleeping below deck. Master, we are going to drown. Jesus rebukes the raging waters, and the seas return to calm. He seems disturbed by their lack of faith in him. 
after all they have witnessed so far, as if his end would come through death by the storm. The disciples are too occupied by their own fear and amazement. Only God could have this kind of power. Even the wind and sea obeyed his command. They were completely shaken. The nature of Jesus ties these four scriptures from the Old and New Testaments and holds them together. Yahweh visits a married couple that he has chosen to make into a mighty nation and be blessed for all people through all time. He is compassionate and keeps his promises to them made at least 25 years earlier. During the child's adolescence and through a very difficult passage that describes a cultural concept of human sacrifice, what we can reflect now is that we are actually reading a foreshadowing of Christ's own death. He would not leave this up to Isaac by the hands of his father Abraham, but rather as a covenant between himself and God the Father. It is because he is God and his investment to us is not for an earthly lineage made through biological connection, but a spiritual family made for heaven. That is why God's family requires spiritual rebirth and we get to live on past this corruptible failing body. Our greatest hope is that each of us who listens to him and obeys him by living through that same spirit will get those open arms to spend eternity with him in heaven in a final spiritual perfection. We will be enticed by sin no more. When we experience doubt that inevitably visits us all and the storms seem like they will take us over, Jesus is there to remind us that he is more powerful than any storm that we face. Our lives will not be cut short when the Lord is on our boat. He's been my rescuer more times than I can count. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for having a good plan, a better plan than any of us could have imagined. I want to be reborn by your spirit and connect with you in ways that prepare me to live with you forever. When I sin, I will accept your forgiveness in my life through your sacrifice. And when I doubt, I ask that you remind me how powerful you are while I witness how you calm the storm that sometimes rages in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, follow the breadcrumbs. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our blog, and visit our website, breadcrumbministries.com. Listen to our podcast, donate to our ministry, or shop. 